Heads up, if you're listening to this episode, there might be some changes to the resources that are shared or talked about. Health Promotion has moved to university recreation and no longer exists as the well. Check out Season 2, Episode 1 to learn about these changes or visit JMU UREC's website. Hi there! Welcome to Well Dukes, brought to you by The Well. Each week, you'll hear conversations from a variety of JMU staff and students that we hope challenge what you know, think, or do in regard to your own health and helps you be Well Dukes. Hey Dukes, I'm Jordan McCann, Interim Associate Director of Health Promotion and Wellbeing. And I'm Michaela Comer, Health Promotion Coordinator. And we are back for another semester of the Well Dukes podcast. Michaela and I are going to be your main host for each episode, accompanied by some great interviews featuring JMU staff and students. We wanted to start this year off by taking a step back and really giving you a chance to learn a little bit more of actually what the Well is and why we do the things we do. We are the Office of Health Promotion Wellbeing, or the Well, and we're just one of the great services provided to JMU students. And if you're new to JMU or you've never visited us before, we are located on the first floor of the Student Success Center, otherwise known as the SSC. And if you're looking at the pharmacy, we are located to the left of the pharmacy. Yeah, also right by Dunkin' Donuts, so it makes it super convenient. (laughs) Um, Okay, Michaela, so our name has health promotion in it, but what actually is health promotion? I mean, we can break it down to say like it's you know, promoting health, but what does that actually mean? And what does that look like for a college campus or for, for young people kind of figuring themselves out and learning who they are when they are in college and all of the things that can affect their health and wellness? Great question. So we always reflect to our larger organizations that we use to inform the work that we do. And one of those is the World Health Organization. And so the WHO or WHO, World Health Organization, describes health promotion as enabling people to increase control over their own health. Now that's a pretty basic definition and and it's true, but what that looks like on a college campus and what we do is we provide learning opportunities, experiences in the form of evening programming, direct one-on-one services with students and strategic messaging through our social media that teaches students about their health. And so really we know that students are coming to us from a variety of different backgrounds and education levels about their own body and health and the messages that they've received growing up. And so our interventions are strategic in the fact that we have specific topics that we talk about. So one of those is sexual health. We talk about with students, their bodies, how does, how does their body work? What can they use to keep themselves protected? And so the idea is between if we're talking about sexual health, body image, eating disorders, healthy relationships, we are talking about these topics with students that they may have never had these conversations before, and we're promoting the health aspect of that. But we're coming into this with, we're providing you with the knowledge and skills to make the best decisions for yourself, and that's what we're here to do. We're a part of the Division of Student Affairs, and so collectively, we work together to give students learning opportunities and skill-building opportunities that transcends beyond the college experience and transcends outside of the classroom. Those are learning experiences that students can take those little nuggets of wisdom or um, just learning experiences that maybe they wouldn't have had elsewhere. And you get to use that throughout your entire life. So if that's learning how to put on a condom, great, we can teach you how to do that. 
if that's goal setting, if that is creating a sleep routine that works for you, those are the workshops and the opportunities that we provide. But we're promoting health. We're promoting health for students, not only while they're in the college stage, but you get to take those skills with you after you graduate. And that's the goal with everything that we do. So, yeah, so that's kind of what health promotion looks like on a college campus specifically for young adults. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, (laughs) Good job. Um, Because it can be hard to explain this. I think a lot of people don't think about it. And we, you and I, as well as our colleagues, we have this great opportunity to be the people that get to provide these conversations or facilitate the dialogue around these topics. Um, And I, I love, as you said, right, it's really getting students to just start to really understand themselves better and getting them to kind of start thinking about also how their physical health and wellness, um, as well as mental health and wellness, really, and social wellness, all of these different kind of dimensions of wellness can affect them during college, especially academic performance and all the other things going on. But ultimately, start learning those behaviors and habits now that's going to produce healthier lifestyles once they leave college. You know, trying to get them to think ahead a little bit as much as we can, but you and I have both been there. We know how hard it can be to kind of really think past the next week or month or so. Yes, absolutely. Cause and when you're here, that's, I feel like that's a realistic, a reality for a lot of students is you're, you're in the here and you're in the now. And it's hard to think about after you graduate, what does that look like? Um, so yeah, we try to give you a little bit of a heads up for what's coming your way once you graduate, but we really try to meet students where they're at and give them the knowledge and skills that they're ready for in that moment and what they need and what they need to learn will stick with them. And yeah. So I actually want to, I'm glad I have you here on this episode too, not only because I work so closely with you, um, but you are unique and especially helpful for students because you actually have your undergrad from JMU in health sciences. I do. So I think that's really cool because I, we may have listeners that are also studying health sciences or interested in health. And so I would love for you to kind of share your story and your experiences of how you got to your position now. And you, are, are you using your degree? How does your degree in health sciences from JMU assist you in your job? So yes, I have my undergraduate degree in health sciences with a, concentra- a concentration in health studies with a minor in substance abuse prevention. And I won't lie, when I was an undergrad, I chose health sciences and I really enjoyed it, but I thought it was all clinically based. I thought when I graduated, I would be working in a hospital setting or a clinic setting. And it actually wasn't until my senior year at JMU that I did a job shadowing opportunity at the local hospital. Um, they, They put me right in the emergency room interacting with people. And I quickly learned that blood and and needles and broken bones is not my thing. I didn't like it. It, I don't have the stomach for it. And so I found myself kind of reeling. I I didn't know what to do. I had spent four years studying health. I knew everything there was to know about the body and I felt ready to go into the workforce. But then I realized I can't do this. I I don't have uh, the stomach for it. I just don't have the personality for it. And so that spring semester right before I graduated was a tough few months because I didn't know what I was going to do. So fast forward a bit, I was searching for jobs and I had someone in my life say, why don't you just search for jobs at JMU and see what comes up? 
So I looked and there was a position for a teen pregnancy prevention program specialist over at the Institute for the Innovation of Health and Human Services. And that position, I I interviewed for it. And essentially that position was a traveling middle school sex ed teacher position. It was something that I never thought I would do. If you would have asked me what I thought my first job out of college was going to be, that is not what I would have said, but I loved it. I was able to use what I learned in my degree um, teaching students. And these were sixth through eighth graders about, about their bodies and how they worked and how to protect themselves from unintended pregnancies and STI, STDs. And so that really spoke to me and that was such a cool opportunity. And so that's how I fell into college health. I learned that as much as I loved working with middle schoolers, I also really wanted to kind of use those skills with a different group as well, being college students. And so I applied for a job at the well and I actually started as the administrative assistant. I made a few connections with folks who already worked in the well. And I applied, I got the job, and then I got to really see how health promotion works on a college campus from the administrative point of view. And that was so helpful for me to kind of see how students interact with us, entering our space, and really what does our office do and and how do we interact with other offices in student affairs and supporting students as well. I'm so thankful that there's an aspect of health that isn't just clinical. And there's nothing wrong with the clinical side, but it's not for everybody. Um, So there is an option if you're feeling like, ah, I don't know if a hospital setting or a clinic is right for me. And so that's been a really cool introduction and kind of that piece of, I thought I was going to leave JMU and then I didn't. And it's been such a great experience and I've learned so much. So that's my experience. But Jordan, I know you have a different entry into health promotion. So how did, how did you get here? (laughs) Yeah. um, When I started college um, and out of high school, I health or doing anything with health was never on my radar. Um, I changed my major a few times in undergrad, but I I started out in business. So if that tells you anything like and if anyone needs to hear this, it is okay to change your major or to not know what you want to do. I think the advice I would give is, though, is I think to be mindful and be aware of opportunities, you know, because it's opportunities that can be presented to you that you may not know how they will or what the outcome will be or where they'll get you, but you won't know unless you kind of take them. So, you know, seizing the day carpe diem type, type deal for sure. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But um, I think also listening to yourself uh, and being authentic and honest. I don't mean that to sound cliche or anything, but that's really how I got to where I am. Um, I was studying exercise physiology and I was doing that because I I finally got to the point where I was like, I do like working out. I, I, I like learning about the body and anatomy and health. I had always just been kind of more of a health conscious person, um, realized that I, I didn't even know what an exercise physiologist was or really what they did or, you know, (laughs) what kind of job am I going to get with this? Um, And I really struggled with some of my academic courses. Chemistry Mm, was not my friend. It was so difficult for me. Um, And I really kind of had this like life crises, you know, of trying to figure out like, what am I doing? What am I going to do? I've, I've had all, I finished all my other classes. I really enjoy this, but I, I can't pass chemistry. And I ended up changing my major uh, in my fifth year, which was pretty scary and pretty risky. 
Um, so I actually just have my undergrad in it's a it's really like a liberal arts degree. I I did an emphasis um, on kind of a concentration in women and gender studies because that's just also been a, a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. And throughout that though, I still went ahead and took an internship and the it was at an internship fair. I saw this table. It was called like the Office of Health Promotion. And there wasn't even anyone at the table. And I walked up, signed up. I was like, oh, I guess if no- <laughs> I have a chance. No one else has signed up. Um, and so I went and it was life-changing for me. I worked with an amazing staff and they kind of introduced like, yeah, we want you to kind of start talking to other students. We want to take this like student to student teaching education piece. Like I was like, sure. Teaching sounds cool. Um, they also had an opportunity for me to talk about exercise as a form of medication for depression, like, you know, using physical movement as a way to help with anxiety and depression. And I was going to be a part of that project. So all of it sounded really cool. Honestly, they really sold me when they were like, we also have a condom caravan and we need someone (laughs) to sell condoms. And I was like, I am your gal. Um, And I love that. And I realized that I I was comfortable talking about sex. It's something I've always been comfortable with. And I kind of capitalized that because not very many people are. And Mm -hmm. just being able to be kind of a non-judgmental and welcoming face Mm -hmm. for people when they are wanting to purchase safer sex supplies or ask questions about it. That's really, really helpful. So I loved what I was doing um, as a peer health educator, student health educator. And that's when I kind of learned like, oh, I can do this as my career. Like I was admiring my my supervisors. And so I got my master in public health in social and behavioral health sciences. And essentially what that is, is like community health and community health educators. Uh, So I spent two years learning how to identify uh, target populations and kind of target health behaviors that may need an intervention. So that can vary anywhere from, you know, like diabetes prevention, um, reducing tobacco use, all the way to what I love doing of what I do now is talking about like safer sex um, and healthy sexuality, right? How to reduce STIs. And then I came here to JMU in 2017, where I've been able to work with Michaela and the well peers, um, student peer educators. And I also adjunct, so shout out to my Health 231 students, um, talking about population health. And so I'm very, very lucky to love the job that I do. But again, I love working with college students specifically because this is a time in in a young person's life where they are starting to think about things, right? We have they have all these responsibilities that they're now seeing, but they have that freedom and that autonomy to make their own decisions. And so now is like the ideal time to, you know, kind of try to influence them a little bit. They're they're a little bit more malleable. That right, they're a little bit more receptive to like a, to information about possibly making these lifestyle changes. Um, so that's specifically why I'm still here in college health and college health promotion. That's so awesome. I love the emphasis on college students being malleable. Like they, they're open to change. They're open to discussing and learning more about their health and their health habits. And that's a key piece that we use in our work as well is we don't use scare tactics with folks. We don't tell you to not drink. We don't tell you not to have sex, but that is not our job. That's not our place. What we do is we use harm reduction 
And that is the forefront of everything that we do is with the assumption students are going to make their own decisions. That's your choice. That's your autonomy. That's your right to be able to do that. But we want to provide you with the skills and the ability to make the right decision for yourself. And so that's something that we've both used, had experience with is harm reduction, stages of change, learning how people change. And that's a very key piece in what we do is if we can get you in the room or if we can get you into our virtual workshop, if we can open up the conversation that maybe students will be open to hearing a different perspective, or they might be willing to learn something new that maybe they've never tried or thought was applicable to them before. Um, So that's something is what I think a lot of students with health, they think that, oh, it's going to be a lecture. That's not the case. Yeah. Adding on to that too, I think with our our services and our education programs. Another thing that students I think are often surprised is that we do have a level of transparency that they Mm -hmm. don't expect. Um, I think that's a misconception sometimes too, is like, oh, they're going to teach us, you know, they're going to tell us that we shouldn't be drinking or they're going to tell us how to do it. Right. This like notion of they're going to tell us what to do. And so I just want to reiterate what you were saying, Michaela, that especially with harm reduction, abstinence approaches don't work. We're not Mm going to tell students don't do something. We're going to instead maybe provide information and education that might, based on you know best practices and evidence-based practices, that might help change their decision. But mm-hmm. as we've been saying, ultimately, students are the experts of themselves. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they may not know that or feel mm-hmm. that way, and sometimes they come to us seeking that guidance, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the role that we play. We can help them. But ultimately, they're the, the experts on themselves. We're here to provide that information, you know, if they need a little bit of information or education just to kind of understand how certain things work. But I should say, you know, for example, when we do talk about um, like the risk of STI transmissions or understanding how alcohol or cannabis does actually affect the body and, you know, that there are certain amounts that affect the body differently, right? We, we need to provide that information. Um, and then possibly having that space too, to talk about what roles things play in their life. What role does sex and relationships and alcohol or cannabis or stress play in their life? Um, and through those conversations, it's then kind of sometimes identifying some goals or trying to create that change talk, that behavior change. Um, and that's where we also use, you had briefly touched on it, but the, the stages of change, the trans theoretical model, that's another guiding principle in our work. And I love the stages of change because uh, it can be applied to so many different types of behaviors, but really it's, it's kind of identifying where someone is in a set behavior change. Sometimes someone doesn't even know that a behavior they're engaging in or something that they're doing is even harmful to them at all. Usually we know, usually though, like with college students and, and the typical behaviors that we see regarding health and wellness, they usually at least kind of have an idea like, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't be doing this or like, I know it's possible for me not to do this, but you know, I'm still going to do it. And that's totally valid. Um, but then it's kind of identifying what are some possible barriers for someone to change their behavior. And then based on what those barriers are, is there information or education we can provide to again, kind of help move them to the next step. Yeah, absolutely. And the key piece too is there's a lot of students that I feel like are are ready to make that change. And like you were saying, Jordan, they just don't know how. That is, that's so real because that's often a conversation that's not happening. 
And so for us to be able to have that conversation with students and kind of navigate those interactions, that is, I think what's rewarding for us, but it's also kind of what motivates us in our work is you have a goal, you're not sure how to get there, let us help you get there. And that's, that's what we're here to do. And so we offer a variety of services in each of our program areas. Um, but our first program area that I'd like to touch on is alcohol and other drug abuse prevention. Um, so we have a lovely team that facilitates a program called Reflections. Those are one-on-one services that a student can just go talk to a facilitator and say, hey, I want to reevaluate my decisions here, or maybe I have a goal in mind and I'm not sure how to get there. That's a service that students, I think, are often, like you were saying earlier, taken aback by because they're like, wait, I, I thought this was a lecture. I thought this was a class. I thought I, I had to take a test. Nope. It's just a, it's just a conversation. Yeah. I think we see in our feedback surveys, that's pretty common that so many students are like, this was actually way more beneficial than I thought it was. I thought I was going to have to go here and be really uncomfortable, but we have some great facilitators um, and it's not, you know, even if someone is required to go from OSARP, we do know we have students that are sanctioned to use that service. Uh, It's also open to anyone. So people can self-refer, they can schedule an appointment on my JMU chart. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, yeah, it's up to, it's just a conversation to explore some things. And then another service that we have, which is still kind of some prevention, is our 21st birthday program. Um, And that is something that all JMU students are eligible for when someone is turning 21. They'll get an email and it's going through a quick conversation or a quick kind of module, just again, identifying maybe what is the role of alcohol when turning 21. It's getting students to think about how much alcohol are they planning to consume? Is it going to play a role at night? And then identifying some protective strategies that might help them just reduce their drinking a little bit, or at least making that drinking safer. Um, And with that, when students complete it, they also get this coupon book for local businesses. Uh, So that's a great partnership we have with the Harrisonburg community. Another really, really important service that we have is our survivor advocacy Uh, This is different from Title IX, in which our survivor advocacy service is not reported. This is completely confidential. Um, It does not have to be reported to the university. And the service assists anyone who's experienced sexual violence in any form, as well as helping their friends or family members. And our advocates, they meet with students and discuss possibly just explaining what their options are what resources are available to them, but as well as they can accompany them if they do choose to pursue things further. We also have a great service called Green Dot, and that's our bystander intervention uh, program that we are trying to change the culture here. And we want people to know that everyone has a part in changing that culture in preventing sexual violence or dating violence and stalking. And a few more things that we offer um, fall under the realm of sexual health, like we've mentioned before. So we have our safer sex centers, which are free, safer sex supplies, barrier methods um, offered at a variety of locations. And we also allow students to use our online safer sex center ordering service. So you can put your order in, customize your order, submit that. And within 24 hours, we can have that order ready for you and you come and pick it up. You don't have to talk to anybody. You just come in, get what you need and you go. And that's just something that we offer, especially now since people may not be as comfortable coming in and touching the bins. We understand that. So this is just a new service that we offer. Yeah, you heard that right. Free and anonymous and confidential safer sex supplies. 
It's like grocery pickup, but for condoms. What more can you ask for? (laughs) (laughs) And last, but certainly not least, is sexual health coaching. And if you have questions, if you just need to debrief with somebody, anything sexual health related, Jordan's your go-to. She can provide information. She can help you navigate some maybe awkward situations and do some goal setting. So if that's something you just need to talk to somebody about sexual health, maybe you don't know how something works or you don't know what a certain term means, schedule an appointment. She will be happy to talk with you and students leave feeling empowered and they have more knowledge about the topic. So it's a great resource. It's a great service for students as well. Yeah. And we'll have those links to how to schedule appointments in our episode description. And if you're interested, if you've heard us talk and you're like, Ooh, I want to get in on this. We have a group called the well peers. Um, This is a group that I advise and we meet weekly. Essentially they are a group of students who are passionate about health, serving the students in our community, and they facilitate workshops. They help us create our social media content, and they guest appear on our World World Dukes podcast. Um, So there's lots of ways to get involved. We'll also provide that link as well, getting involved with us as a well peer. Um, So if you're interested, let us know. Yeah, and certainly other ways to be involved um, or just continue learning about the well is following us on Instagram, which is our main social media at JMU Well Dukes. Uh, There is where we post all of the things that we've talked about. We provide information about our services. Sometimes it's, you know, fun facts and stats on the different topics that we talk about and upcoming programs. So more ways that you can learn about the well and what we do. We also are going to be utilizing that platform for student feedback. We want to hear about your experiences, your stories around topics of health and wellness as JMU students. So don't miss out. Check out our stories as they come. Follow us. Get your friends to follow us. This is our total shameless plug to (laughs) get, get followers there. But definitely if you have questions, you can DM us on Instagram or you can email us at welldukes at jmu.edu. And so Thank you all for listening. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Michaela. We're so excited to be back for this semester and bringing the Well Dukes podcast back to everyone. Next week's episode will be on stalking as January is National Stalking Awareness Month. And if you are listening to this episode for Health 100 credit, your passcode is the well. So thank you all again. And remember, be well, Dukes. Dukes.